0: Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. We're going to look at a a, a topic today uh, that I wanted just to kind of continue our our series a little bit as I kind of just bring a little bit of an end note to the four weeks we've been spending uh, in this series called uh, The New You. And the new you we've talked about, if you, if you didn't hear this series, I encourage you to go onto our website. You can listen to the whole thing. Uh, it's all on our website, uh, our website, forward slash sermons. And uh, this idea of the new you, we talked about leaving, uh, leaving uh, the, the past behind. And in order for us to be who God wants us to be in 2019, we have to leave the past behind. We have to leave behind old habits we were about fear. We talked about leaving anxiety behind. If you struggle with anxiety like I do in my life, go and listen to last week's message on anxiety. I have no doubt that it will help you and it will bless your life. And so uh, we've been talking about that, but then there's a question, okay, I'm the new me now. I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. I've given my life to the Lord. I've, I've committed that I want to follow Him. And, and, and now I'm, I'm kind of on this journey. I'm being the new me. Now, what does this mean for my life? What happens next? I've got the old habits figured out, well, obviously, so we never figure out our old habits completely. Trust me, spend a day with me and be like, well, he's got a lot of old habits. It's okay. But we got stuff going on in our life, and it's okay. We're human. We got stuff you know, we're trying to figure out, but these old habits, we're working through them, and we're, we're challenging fear, and we're taking anxiety to task and saying you're not allowed to run my life anymore, and we're leaving all this old stuff behind us. And so now what happens next? What happens now in our life. And so I want to talk to you. We're going to look at two scriptures today. I'm going to take the first scripture and lay a little bit of a foundation. And then we're going to jump over to the story of Jesus where he had this encounter, uh, uh, this cool encounter. We're going to just kind of walk through it a little bit and give you some thoughts and points on that. And so let's jump to our first verse here today in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 to 20. And it says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. And at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who is belongs to Christ has become a new person, the new you. The old life is gone, and guess what? Thank God, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciling, uh, of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us, and we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So we see three things in this verse very quickly about what happens when we become the new you. When you experience Christ in your life, and you experience his transformation, and you begin to experience the power of God and the freedom of God and the forgiveness of God and the love of God and man, like Tyler said, you just start, your life begins to change and your family starts changing and your kids start changing and man, I am a new person. Well, what happens next? The first thing we see in this verse is that the new you perceives others differently. You see people differently Paul said I used to look at Christ this way I looked at Christ in a way where I said it was almost like there was a ch- between him and Christ he thought Christ was like a problem he was uh, not real and he wasn't accurate and he was it was conflict and it was it was difficult and he, he his whole life Paul was committed to to actually murdering people who believed in this Jesus he there was conflict and there was the relationships were broken and th- there was distance and there was disconnection but when we found Christ Christ, something changed in how I view people. I no longer see you from a perspective of brokenness or pain or, or hurt or, or an area where I maybe don't like you or I don't understand you. What happens is my whole perspective of people shifts because now I know every person I come across needs this Jesus just like I did. And it changes now how you see your terrible boss who drives you nuts and makes you do the most stupidest things. And you go into work and you're there and he says, oh, you're two seconds late. And it just changes your perspective on this pa- this boss that you don't like or that coworker who smells funny or that person in your community that, that doesn't like the fact that you keep leaving your garbage out in a certain way. All these different people in our lives that we rub against and we don't like being around. When you meet Jesus, it changes your perspective. Now, do I still hate the fact that my neighbor gets upset with me about my garbage can and I hate when people call me on my time. Yes, I do, but I change my perspective on how I love them. I see them differently. I view them differently. I understand them differently. Something changes and shifts in my perspective of who they are, I realize now every single person that I come across in my life either has a relationship with Jesus or doesn't have a relationship with Jesus and it is my mission in life to help you understand this God who loves you and believes in you and cares for you and created you and has a purpose for you and has a destiny for you and he can actually help you in every area of your life. I see people differently now. The second thought is we, we begin to... The new you has a new purpose for living. It says, and God has given us this task, that word uh, actually in the Greek is the word, this ministry of reconciling people to him. Whenever I say, "Hey, you need to be in ministry," we often think of a of a priest, a guy who wears a collar. You know, we think of someone who's ordained, a reverend. But you know, you don't have to be this ter- type, certain type of uh, stereotypical you know pastor who gets paid to preach or gets paid to travel around. Or maybe you turn on uh, the you know the the Canadian uh, Christian TV or American TV, and you know Peter pop off, and he's selling you know this uh, healing oil for only five easy installments of fifty nine ninety nine a month. I can give you this healing oil and you can be forever healed. That's a bunch of baloney. But we look at different people and think, oh, that's ministry. Oh, that's what that means. No, 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 no. What you have to understand is that when you become a new person in Christ, you are actually entered into the ministry of God of reconciling people back to Him. Now you have a purpose when you didn't have a purpose before. Your purpose before was just build your business. Your purpose before was just make sure I'm happy. Your purpose before was just make sure I get a vacation every now and then. Now your entire life changes and you wake up every day knowing I have a purpose to reconcile people back into a relationship with God. You now have a mission. You now have a ministry. You now have a call. And that word reconciliation is basically this to restore someone back into a previous friendship that was once broken. So if you were in a relationship with someone, you had a falling out. Reconciliation would be that you brought this person to that person and said, hey, let's be friends. Hey, let's be in relationship once again. And so now you have a ministry. In fact, the scripture says that you are Christ's ambassador. An ambassador is someone who is a representative from a specific country who keeps their pulse on the, the country that they're in and represents the country that they're from. So you're sensing what's going on in your workplace. And you begin to, God begins to speak to you about different things that are happening in your job. And you can't feel it, but it feels a little bit awkward and something's not right. What you're doing is you're feeling the pulse of the job that you're in, and God is actually good To be an ambassador of the... You represent God. You have a purpose for living. And the third thing from this verse is that the new you has a language, a clear message. Look what it says. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And so now we have a message. This message of reconciliation. This message of great exchange. And it's interesting that we have to remember that every single person on this planet, even people who would articulate that they don't believe that there is a God, even a professed atheist, even someone who is, uh, is uh, in the religion of Islam, or even a religion of Buddhists, Buddhism, or New Age religion, or whatever religion might be, we have to understand that every religion across the world is all searching for God. And if we read, actually, Paul talks about this in the book of Acts chapter 17. He shows us this reality that what we have to understand is that every single person on the planet has a desire in them. They have been pre-wired by their creator to want a relationship with God. Now, we have so many different ways of articulating what that means, and we would believe that Jesus, is, as Jeff so eloquently said, is the way, the truth, and the life. And through Christ, we have a relationship with God. But what, what, Jesus, what, God, what Ecclesiastes, the book of Sol, or Solomon actually said this in Ecclesiastes. Look at this, In Ecclesiastes 3.11, that he made everything beautiful in its time. Look at this. And God has placed eternity in the human heart. This means that in every single person on the planet, no matter who you are, no matter how far you've gone, no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter what your religion, no matter what you believe, no matter whether you believe there's a God or not, was a pre-created uh, pre, uh, uh, little hole in the area of your heart that was created for a relationship with God. Eternity was written on every heart on this planet. And so when Paul walked into this, uh, into Athens, he walked in, and, and this, I'll give you a little context. He walked into this, this big uh, kind of it was like a big hall, and he walked into this hall, and there was all these different statues for different gods, and he came to one specific statue, and it, it, the statue said the unknown god. And look what it says in Acts chapter 17. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. These men weren't professed followers of God. They weren't professed Buddhists. They weren't professed Muslims. They were simply intellectuals who would sit around and debate the different philosophies of the day and they would find the most uh, relevant philosophy or most intellectual concept and they would sit around and they would debate the ideas and Paul framed them as religious religious people. I can see that you are very religious people. I can see that you actually have an earnest desire for something bigger than yourself. That you know that this isn't just it. Like you weren't just created and then that's it. There's something more. I know that you're a bit of religious people. Whether you went to Catholic church when you were little or whether you grew up in a home that talked about God or whether you just have this sense that, man, there's no way that all of this was just created by by nothing. There had to be something more. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you guys are a little bit religious. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God, whom you worship. Without knowing is the one that I'm telling you about. So Paul says, you are actually trying to understand who this God is. You don't know who it is. But I have a clear message. I have a story for you. I want to tell you about this God, this Jesus. I want to tell you my story. Tyler told his story today. I want to tell my story of my experience and my time of how I have encountered the living God. And basically the message that you have is simply telling your story. First Peter 2 9, look at this. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments, to do his work and speak out for him, simply to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something, from ejected to accept it. And so, as new people, we uh, recognize that, that now we, we, we see people differently. And now I have a purpose in life. And now I have a message to give. I've got a story to tell. So now let's jump over to this other story in John chapter 4. And we're going to read the story. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit of a long story, but it's a story. So um, it should be entertaining. Uh, but we'll, we'll read it together and um, we'll go through the scripture really quick in John chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisee had heard uh, that that, that, that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. And though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. And he had to go through Samaria on the way. And eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. And near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat really beside the well about noontime, and as soon as Samaritan woman came to drink, draw water, and Jesus said to her, "'Please give me a drink.' But he was alone that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, "'You are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. "'Why are you asking me for a drink?' And Jesus replied, "'If you only knew the gift God has for you "'and who you are speaking to, "'you would ask me, "'and I would give you living water.' But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket and this uh, well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks the water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life which we'll talk about in a few months. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, and then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Jesus is getting a little personal now. Go and get your husband. Jesus told her, well, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, well, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly speak the truth. Well, sir, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place? She's changing the subject. Why is the insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know this very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes to the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who's called the Christ. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. And Jesus then saw his disciples, and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman, whatever. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? So why are you, t- why are you talking to her? And the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Because pos- could he possibly be the Messiah? And so the people came streaming from the village to see him. What I want to do for just a few moments, very quickly, very practically... I want to give you just some perspectives on how Jesus shared his faith. And I want you to see how, uh, how valuable and how, uh, how, um, how God orchestrated Jesus to be in this moment to reach this one person and this one person led to an entire city. The first thing is this. We see that Jesus got out of his comfort zone Jesus hung out constantly with these disciples he had a great night of ministry he had a great time baptizing all these people God was good it was awesome but his disciples and him decided that they were going to leave the place they were at and his disciples went another direction they wanted to go to the nearest McDonald's down this way and, uh, and Jesus knew that he had to go a different direction he got outside of his comfort zone from the normal circle he was in from the normal people he hung around with the normal agenda that he had he said I know this is going to be a little uncomfortable but I'm actually going to go put myself in a position where I may have to share my faith. I would encourage you today, get out of your comfort zone a little bit, change up your rhythm a little bit. Next time you're at that coffee shop and you're ordering the same coffee order every day, and you talk to that same girl every single day, get out of your comfort zone. This is one of the biggest challenges that we have, just to simply talk to people. So practically, I want to encourage you, just consider, next time you feel like you're stepping out of your comfort zone, you're probably right on track. You just need to step on out. Secondly, we see in the scripture, it says, remember, uh, Jesus had to remember that he was on a mission, that you have a purpose. Very interesting about this verse, Jesus did not have to go through Samaria. If you look at a map where he could have gone, he could have gone along the coast, he could have actually gone, like most Jews do, through Perea, gone through the Jordan River. Jesus made a decision to go directly through Samaria, which actually took longer that it would have taken him to go the other route. Jesus knew he was on a mission. Jesus knew he had a purpose. Jesus knew there was something about in this place that I, that, this city, that I need to be there for. We have to remember no matter where we go whether you're driving down the road, you're at Starbucks, you're shopping in Chinook, you're on your day off, you're at work, wherever you are just remember that you are on a mission and God is leading you to people that need to hear the story of how good he is in th- your life. The third one is this, very simply here this morning. Slow down and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Look what it says in John chapter 4 or 5. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. This implies, if you read this and study a little bit about the journey, Jesus took his time. It's almost like he was waiting for God to speak to him. He just kind of took his time. We're in such a busy, busy life. I don't know about you, but have you ever had a moment when you're going to work and uh, maybe you find that you got a flat tire or you run out of gas or you get a ticket or you find yourself in a place where you hit a certain type of traffic and you didn't get in the right lane? This is me. You know, my wife's the kind of person that comes up to a stoplight and she's going to get in the longest line and just sit there when there's like no one in this lane. And I'm like, would you get in the other lane? We got places to be. I'd be like... You know what I mean? Sometimes we have to remember that our life, our steps are ordered of the Lord. And that God is involved in even the most minute different details of our life. So next time you hit that, the next time you get in line at Starbucks and the line's out the window and you want to say, dang it, I'm in a hurry. Stop for a moment and let the Holy Spirit lead you. You might find yourself standing next to somebody in front of you who might be able to have a conversation with them, or the person behind you, or maybe the girl at the checkout check stand who says, Hi, what do you want? Well, you're having a bad day. Normally my reaction would be like, Whoa, why did you talk to your manager? Like, maybe she's having a bad day. And when you say, Hey, how's your day going? Oh, I'm not having a very good day. Just stop for a moment and watch what happens. You think you're standing in that long line at Starbucks just because it's just osmosis. I don't believe in coincidences. There's a reason why that happened in that that moment, you're standing next to that person, just pause, slow down, and see if maybe eventually God will lead you to talk to somebody about who God is and how God wants to change their lives. I want to encourage you with something. I want to encourage every person in this room to share their story of Jesus wherever they go. But I've been sharing my story of Jesus for a long time. And I got to be really honest with you. I got a lot of people telling me to buzz off. <laughs> I get a lot of people telling me, oh, that's not for me, and oh, that's the religious, and that's this, and I don't want that. I don't believe in religion. Well, neither do I. I get people all the time, and I'm constantly sharing my faith. But I want to tell you something. I want to encourage you to do something. In this story, we'll find that Jesus was led to share his faith. There was, a, there was a, a very divine moment involved in this that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you to share your story with people. So yes, I encourage you to share your faith everywhere you go. But do you want to know when you're going to experience the most fruit, when the most people will be impacted by the message of God that you share with them? When you open your ears and open your heart and open your eyes and be led by the Spirit, you'll find that when God prompts you to share with someone and you actually do it, God will do something incredible in their life. And you say, okay, well that's good, right? I like that because the Holy Spirit never tells me to do that. <laughs> Well, listen, maybe you're not listening. Because the the thoughts of God in our lives are are as numerous as the sands of the seashore. So I want to encourage you today, if you're a follower of Jesus here today and you're led by the Spirit, open your ears and let God speak to you and you watch. The times when people have experienced God, the times when I've led people to the Lord, the times when people have experienced transformation in life have been when I've been obedient, not just doing it out of obligation you see God do something significant in the lives of people and it will change your life forever. Look at the scripture in Galatians 5. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now notice this. It says in this verse here that in this scripture, Jesus got really, really tired. It says very clearly that he sat on that well and he was exhausted. How many of you know When you come home from work, and you're at the grocery store, and you're exhausted, the last thing that you want to do is talk to someone about Jesus. (laughs) The last thing I want to do when I want to get home, put on my, my stretchy pants, get that popcorn in my mouth, get that bubbly down my throat, and start watching that Netflix series I've been watching. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm tired. I'm exhausted, and no one better speak to me. Those are the moments when the Holy Spirit says, hey, Ryan, just shut up. <laughs> Those are the moments when I'm at my weakest, when I'm at my frustrated Is that a word? Those are the moments when I just want to go home and be with my family because I'm out shopping when the Holy Spirit comes and says, hey, Ryan, the person that you're at that grocery store, that checkout line, they need to know about me. I don't want to talk about it right now, but I promise you this: if you obey, you will experience something you've never experienced before. God change someone's life. I promise you. If you're maybe lagging in your faith, maybe you've been lagging in your walk with God, maybe you says, "Man, I'm losing my gas in my tank in my walk with Jesus." I want to encourage you, share your faith with someone and watch it change their lives and you will be changed forever. It will restore the joy of your salvation. Because you remember, your salvation isn't just for you, it's for everyone on this planet. So we need to be willing to share, to be led by the Spirit. Look at this in Acts 8.26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the, the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Get up, go down that road, I want you to go right over there. Okay. He's walking over the road. So he started out, he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Now the carriage is moving. <laughs> Here he is walking behind this carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, "Hey, do you understand what you're reading?" Well, the man replied, "How can I unless someone tells me?" This is super confusing. And he urged Philip, okay, hey, come into the carriage and tell me immediately." That man got he became a Christian, a follower of God, and said, "Hey, there's some water. Maybe I should get water baptized right now." Philip went and water baptized. And did you know that that man went and started a church in Ethiopia? And it was recorded as one of the first Christian churches to be ever planted in that entire region all because Philip had his ears open and he was supposed to go on this random walk on this random road and walk next to this car, walk next to that car. It's like, do you love me? He's walking next to this car doing this thing as he's walking. The Holy Spirit says, hey, I hear this guy listening to the book of Isaiah on the, the Bible Gateway app. Oh, hey, do you know what that means? I have no idea what this means. Can you tell me? Yeah, just pull the car. Let's talk about it. The guy gets magically transformed in his life and now Philip is like, yeah, this is amazing. I love serving God. This is incredible be led by the Spirit share your faith watch God change someone's life and it will restore the joy of your salvation the reason we get dry in our walk with God is because we're only thinking about ourselves and how it makes us feel sorry that was kind of (laughs) heavy let's go to the next one how about this one? Recognize divine appointments. John 4, 7. As soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Now you need to know something about this woman. Jesus is hanging out at this well. He's tired. He's weary. This woman should not have been there at that moment. It was noontime. What women often did, because in that day, women would often gather the water, they would make the food, they would do the laundry, they would do it. Some of you are like, that sounds like my life right now, what are you talking about? Like, they would do all these different things, and they would actually go at 6 a.m. in the morning, they would go to that well, and they would draw water, and then they would go back into the city. This woman happened to be there at noon, so when Jesus showed up, he should not have come across this woman. That woman should not have been there at that moment, in that very time. And the reason that woman was there is because she had some stuff going on in her life, and the entire city like a small town knew all about it you know she's shopping and saying oh there's Susie you know she's in that relationship and she's with another guy again right she walks all the time to the grocery store and everyone knows all the things that she's done wrong and so she's thinking to herself I'm going to go with those chatty little gossipy ladies and spend time with them and they're like oh Susie you know, you know. she says no I'm going at noon and she walks there at noon with her bucket no one else is there and there's this man sitting on the well God led Jesus to sit on that well at that very moment he could have eventually shown up at any time, but he showed up right at noontime, right when that woman walked up. It was a divine appointment. God is giving us divine appointments all day long and many of us, me included, actually mostly me, I'm so dense and so caught up in my own world that I don't realize the person I'm standing next to just missed seven red lights and they dropped their coffee in their lap and the only reason they're in that room right then is because they dropped the coffee and they're patting napkins on their lap and I'm standing there in a line. Who knows that God allowed them to be in that moment at that time with me ready to drink a coffee. This is a divine appointment. Erica shared last night that she was feeling God was telling her to, to share her faith and invited this girl to church and she walked up with this girl and she shared her faith with her and she invited her to church and the girl said, you have no idea. I was just asking God, telling God that I am in a season of my life where I need to get into a relationship with God and I need to get into a church and I need to be a part of a community. That was a divine appointment. You want to see your joy restored in your walk with God? Recognize those divine appointments, lean into them, be led by the Spirit, and you will watch God do mighty things in that moment. He didn't cause that appointment to be divine because he thinks it was a good idea, and you're like, ooh, that was cool. No, he wanted you to see something happen in that person's life. He wants your faith to be put into action. He wants you to live by faith, not by sight, and God will begin to do something in that person's life. Number five listen to this. Don't overcomplicate it. Just share your story. Look what Jesus said. He met this girl. All he said to her was, hey, can I have a drink? He didn't start by saying, hey, did you know you're going to hell? He didn't start by saying, hey, did you know that I'm a Christian and I know all things? He didn't go in and say, hey, did you know that I'm like almost perfect, you know, but you're a sinner. No, he just said, hey, can I get a drink? Can I have a drink from you? Sometimes we overcomplicate this and we think that we have to know the everlasting gospel and I have to be able to articulate the details of the Trinity and I have to, you know, protect and guard the validity and the truth of Scripture. Don't, maybe one day you might have to talk about it. Just stop it. Just tell what Jesus has done in your life. Just have a conversation. Hey, can I have some water? Hey. Now this is the moment when we share our faith. When this, I call this the awkward can I have some water moment. Most followers of God are stuck here because it's super awkward. Sitting there, tired at a well, a woman comes up. They're all alone. That's a little awkward. And Jesus is not supposed to be talking to this woman. Not only that, he's not supposed to be talking to a Samaritan. So it's super awkward. Hey, uh, <clears throat> can I have some water? It's this awkward moment where all of us have when you know God's telling you to share with someone and you walk up to him, and you've got that knot in your throat and you don't know what to say. Many of us stay put at that moment. We don't go past that moment. Many of us can't get past this water stage. And the reason is this. We're afraid we're going to get rejected. I want to encourage you with a verse today in, Ma- in, in, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Look at this. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Okay. Okay. Be very glad. All right. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. So listen, if you're worried about getting mocked, you just need to get over it because actually God says you should actually kind of pursue that. Look for opportunities to be made fun of and insulted. Oh, that sounds awesome. Just know that when you step out, you're going to get rejected at times. But there'll be those moments where people actually hear what, God, what you're saying and the story you're sharing, and it will transform their life, and it makes all those 9 out of 10 fails so worth it. Yeah. He says, go and get your husband. The Lord spoke, God, the, Jesus knew something about this woman's life. Now, they believed that she was either a prostitute or that she had been divor- married and divorced five times or that she was just a floozy, <laughs> slept around uh, in the city, and everybody had condemned her and they were, obviously, she, there was something about this woman and her decisions that caused her to be uh, like a, a reject of society. And Jesus looked at her and knew there's something going on in her life that's deeper. And obviously, you know, as I said, she changed the subject. Well, you know, Jerusalem, Jews say we worship here and worship there. She totally deflected his comment, but it hit right in her heart. Because then she went into the city and said, Hey, come meet a man that told me everything about myself, everything that I've ever done in my life. I've had these moments where God dropped something in my heart where, where I, a young man one time where he was having a his dad was very physically abusive to him and so I said hey I want you to know that, that all those times that, that your father has hurt you that I want you to know that, 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 the, that the God that I serve can come and bring forgiveness and redemption and he tears in his eyes he looked at me and he totally just changed the subject and oh I used to go to this church and that thing and didn't talk about it again but I shared what God was sharing with me and it impacted his life forever Like, those one moment where I just sensed in my heart that God was saying something to him. You need to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and allow Him to speak to your heart. And lastly, here tonight, or this morning, sorry, I don't know what time it is, (laughs) offer a relationship, or offer relationship, not religion. I love it when people say to me, oh, I don't like religion. I'm like, goodness gracious, neither do I. I hate religion. That's one thing I pride ourselves in a healthy way at Love City Church. We hate religion. But we love a relationship with Jesus. Offer relationship Not religion Location. It says the Father's looking for those who will worship Him in that way, not in a certain building. Christ and their hearts to be engaged in who God is. Okay, so as we end our time here today, I just want to show you the results of Jesus sharing His faith with one person. And the reason is, is because in 2019, our vision, our mission in this year is to see 365 people accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and be a part of a great local church somewhere in this city. 365 people. So my question to you today is, who is your five? Who are the five people that God is asking you to share your faith with this year? Jesus only shared his faith with one person, Jesus only shared his faith in this moment. He only talked about himself with one person. And the verse says that the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village. That means she gave her life to God and she told everyone. And look what it says. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. And when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. How many did Jesus tell about? Talk Talk to one person One person at your job, one person in your neighborhood, one person in your family, one friend that you've been praying about, one person could lead to an entire city of God ministering to people's lives from one person. If you're led by the Spirit, if you talk about relationship and not religion, you recognize divine appointments, you let God speak to you and lead you, and in those moments you step out, you watch that one person could lead to 365 more. So you hear 365, don't be discouraged today. Don't be worried about that today. Don't be thinking in your heart today, oh my gosh, a daunting task. My prayer as the pastor of this church is that as a follower of Jesus Christ, you would have a heart, a mission, a purpose to reach one person and see their lives change this year. And you watch what God does. I bet you I could walk around the room tonight and talk to you and you walk with God, and you'd say, oh yeah, my great-great-grandfather first became a Christian. And they have been serving God ever since, but before that, there was no no history of faith. One person could change an entire genealogy for the rest of history. One person. So I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to just pray for you as we end this very practical time together as we talk about Jesus now, every person on this planet, you just close your eyes for a moment here this morning. How every single person on this planet has eternity written on their heart. Every single person on this world has a place in their heart that wants to know God. They don't know it sometimes, they're unaware of it, but they were created with that wiring in them. So I want to pray for two people as I do every week. Firstly, I want to pray for those in the room who are followers of Jesus and they say, Ryan, I I want God to show me that one or the five people. I really want to step out this year and begin to share my faith and begin to watch God do amazing things and I want to see my, my joy of serving God restored again. You're here today and you say, Ryan, I just, I just need God to begin to, 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 to encourage me in this way, to give me the courage to share my faith, to give me the courage to listen to Him. If that's you today, I want you just to put your hand in the air boldly. Come on, with every eye closed, I won't embarrass you. But just go ahead and put your hand in the air today. You say, you know what, Ryan, that's me. I just need some prayer today. Well, Father, I pray for the hands lifted in the room, for those who've responded and said, God, I want to have the courage and the faith to share my faith with those who are around me. Lord, I pray for those in the room, God, who really want this, God, because, Father, as followers of Jesus, there is literally no other call on our life than to share our faith with those who don't know our God. I pray tonight, or this morning, for courage. I pray for faith. Holy Spirit, I pray to them, you lead them. I pray that you'd you'd lead them into relationship with people and you'd speak to them, God, and they would recognize divine appointments. And I pray that, Father, this is my prayer, most of all, that you would restore the joy of their salvation. That they would fall madly in love with you. That it would drive them to want to know more in your word and be more in a relationship with you. It wouldn't, drive them away from that God it would drive them more towards knowing you God that their relationship would be strengthened with you their faith would be restored I pray this in the name of Jesus God I pray for their one I pray for their the five whoever they're praying for whether it's a co-worker or or someone at work or, or a boss or a family member or a neighbor I pray for those people right now Come on, get those people in your mind for a moment. God, I pray for those who we've been praying for that would come to you, God, and know you, Father. We pray even right now, God, that you would touch their hearts, God, that you would reach them. Lord, even right now, by the sound of my voice, you would reach out to those brothers and sisters who are far from you, God. Lord, family members who've been uh, falling away, and friends who have been in destructive behavior and don't know why they want to live their life, God, and they have no purpose, God, that they would know that, God, you love them, and you're their maker, and you created them and that you have a purpose and a plan for their life oh God would you stir us God to be reminded that our lives have meaning and purpose that we're not just here to live for ourselves but Lord we're here to see people know you better that they might spend an eternity with you Christ in heaven pray, Father, for those people. We pray you would cause there to be a shift. They've been sharing their faith and nothing's been happening. Lord, let there be a shift. Let there be an openness in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, you're in the room today with every eye closed. You say, Ryan, I'm I'm not a Christian. I'd like to start a journey of faith, a, a spiritual journey towards this person you're talking about named Jesus. I'd like to make a confession today that I I think I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God, that Jesus died on a cross and He was buried and He rose on the third day and I'd love to give my life to Him today and start this journey. Maybe you're here and you've fallen away from that journey and you want to make a fresh commitment to God today. Come on, if that's you, with every eye closed, I won't pull you forward, I won't call you out, I just want to see who I'm praying for. Come on, right now, just go ahead and quickly put your hand in the air. Let me see your hand and put it right back down. Real quick, put your hand in the air and put it right back down, and I'll pray with you today. Amen. Come on, church. Will you repeat after me? Come on, pray with me this morning, Lord Jesus. Come on, real loud this morning. Lord Jesus. I come before you this morning. I acknowledge that I need you. I need your love. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I come before you today and I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of all my sin and I acknowledge that you are God and I give my life to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.